0: morning. Great to be with you today. Uh, Hope you guys again had a great Thanksgiving season and survived Black Friday and all that good stuff. But let me uh, me just go ahead and invite you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Philippians in the New Testament. That's where we're going to be this morning. It's a little bit of an unusual Sunday. We're not in the middle of a series or coming to the end of a series. This is going to be kind of a standalone message. But let me know, let me just kind of tell you where we're headed this morning. I'm going to share a couple things through the uh, fourth chapter of Philippians and then uh, some of our elders are going to come up and we're going to share with you really some details about our family uh, church budget going into 2019 and what that's going to look like and some of you go budget oh man but a lot more than just numbers it's purpose and direction and really some exciting things in the life of our church and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes before we get there we're going to Walk through some truths out of the book of Philippians, chapter four, and even before we do that, let me let me just tell you what the next few weeks in the life of our church are going to look like. Really exciting things coming up. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we'll begin a series called Advent through the month of December. Uh, the word Advent means coming or appearing, and we're going to celebrate who Jesus is through the month of December and. Just to let you know, Pastor Paul's going to tell you more about this next week, but one of the things that's really cool with the series that's coming up through the month of December is our family ministry team have put together really a family discipleship plan for the month of December and where the family's going to have one big truth that the whole family can rally around and come around and uh, regardless of the age of your children, we, there's going to be one big truth and one direction that's going to come out of the Sunday message, so great resource for families in the month of December. I encourage you to take advantage of that. You'll hear more about that next week. And then that'll kind of take us through December. And then uh, kicking off in January, we're going to take the whole year of 2019 and walk through the book of Romans. And really excited about that. I think that'll be hugely impactful for us as a church. And that's kind of where we're headed over the next few weeks. Something the us all to look forward to. This morning, uh, Philippians chapter 4, we're Kind of coming off a really big few weeks in the life of our church, uh, neighbors and nations, uh, we were reminded in different ways of the last few weeks of the reality that God has called us, equipped us, every believer, to be involved in disciple-making, in making disciples, in sharing Jesus, and we were reminded that making disciples demands that we consistently and boldly are all sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's really encouraging I'm just going to tell you as one of your pastors and one of your elders to see our church us growing in this area a lot of room to grow a lot of a lot of gaps that we're continuing to grow in but there is some some growth the spark is becoming a flame in some areas share conversations gospel conversations are happening Uh, We're seeing life groups take this very seriously and encouraging one another. I heard about one life group in particular during our Neighbors and Nations Week, Share Week in particular. Nine different share meals took place from that life group of people going out to their friends and neighbors and co-workers and took opportunities to share the gospel as a church next year. We're going to send out two families from our church that are going to go cross-culturally and plant their lives and unreached people groups around the world. We're seeing things happen in the life of our church. We're so incredibly grateful for that. This share culture of making Jesus known is growing. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to kind of build on that and give us a little bit of a challenge out of the book of Philippians. And here's really the the big truth that we're going to wrestle with this morning and develop before the elders come up, we talk through it a little bit, but it's this, that, that churches making Jesus known, like ours, churches that are making Jesus known, give generously and sacrificially. One of the consistencies of churches throughout Scripture, any any church that I know of globally that is effectively Making Jesus known is simply this, a sacrificially generous giving church. And in many ways, we are that. And in many ways, we want to continue to grow toward that, of this sacrificial generous giving, because our sending capacity and our, in many ways, making known capacities directly connected to our generosity and our giving capacity let just tell you a quick illustration of this. and This is one of my favorite stories, and I may have shared this before. You know, I'm getting old. I can't remember what I shared and what I didn't. But our church gets to be involved in the continent of Africa, and I've been able to travel to Africa a lot of times. And there was a church that I was familiar with in Africa. It was a, it was a little village church in the country of Zambia in Africa. And this church had a real passion. They were a very poor church. They had very limited resources, but, man, they had a passion to make Jesus known beyond the, con- the confines of just their own country of Zambia. They wanted to go to unreached people groups in Africa. And as a church, they'd been praying for months that God would raise up missionaries out of their church that could be sent to other places in Africa to make Jesus known. And there was a young man that God raised up, and he had a heart to go into Tanzania and take the message of Jesus to an unreached people group that had never even heard about Jesus before. And he had this passion and this calling on his life. The problem was, for this little church, it was going to cost at least $600 to get him from where he lived in Zambia to this place in Tanzania in the continent of Africa. And $600 to you may not sound like a whole lot. But for this church in Zambia, listen to this. Their weekly offerings were $2.25. And this church felt a real conviction that they together wanted to send this young missionary and they wanted to mobilize him out of their church so they began to pray and they began to trust the Lord that God would provide this massive amount of money so this church could send this young missionary and over the next few weeks as this church said yes God did raise the money and this young man was sent out from Zambia to go to this unreached people group and when you ask the leaders and some of them church members that I've even met in Africa you say how did How would you come up with that money? How would you got to do that? Because it was so far beyond anything you could even imagine in the life of that church. They said this, and I wrote this down. I'll never forget their response. They said, we realized that this was such an important calling that God had placed on all of us. We realized some of us had three shirts. But we really only needed two, maybe even one. So we took our extra shirts and we sold them and we gave so this young man could be sent. Said others realized that we had so much corn that we were eating three meals a day. And they said, we realized we could make it on two meals a day. So we took our extra maize and our extra corn and we sold it. We gave it so we could send this young man on this mission. And today, because of this church's generosity, there is a young man preaching the gospel among the unreached people of the country of Tanzania. I love that story. So here's a church that took very seriously their entire responsibility of sending and of making Jesus known. And it manifested itself in many ways. One of the ways it manifested itself was in their sacrificial, generous giving. So we're going to talk about that a few minutes this morning as a church and where we are and how we want to grow in that. Again, the elders are going to come and talk through our budget in just a few minutes. But Philippians chapter 4 is a great biblical illustration of this. Philippians chapter 4 is the Apostle Paul writing to a local church, the church at Philippi, that he had helped start. It was a local church that he had invested many months in. And it was a local church that had been very involved in Paul's ministry of sending the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul writes the letter of Philippians back to this local church in many ways to say thank you to them. And the church at Philippi for us really provide a model of what it looks like to be a local church that gives generously and sacrificially to advance the gospel. Now, before we ever even get to chapter 4 of Philippians, uh, Paul writes to another church, and you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to read it to you, but Paul writes to the church at Corinth in the letter of 2 Corinthians, and he uses the people of Philippi as an example to challenge the church at Corinth. You got that? So he's going to use... The church of Philippi is an example, and he writes this to the church of Corinthians. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it to you, referring to the people of Philippi. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 5, he says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. One of those churches was Philippi. So he's referring to the people of Philippi, and he says, In the midst of a very severe trial their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty. So here's some things we know about the church at Philippi. They were going through an extreme trial. They were very poor, but yet they were lavishly generous. That's challenging. He says, it welled up in rich generosity. Verse 3, for I testify that they gave... They gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. In other words, they weren't compelled to do it. They weren't put under some kind of pressure externally. It's from the heart. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. They said, hey, we want to give, and can we give more? Isn't that awesome? Verse 5, and they exceeded our expectations, Paul says, and he says something about their heart here. The the church at Philippi, the people at Philippi says, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. I'm going to give you just a few principles or a few big ideas when it comes to this idea of giving. And here's one of them that flows out of this passage in 2 Corinthians. It's this. Our giving is an overflow of our abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, one of the indicators of the position of our heart is our heart in giving, our attitude in giving, our willingness in giving, our joy in giving. Paul says, listen, this church, they overflowed in their abundance of giving. And the reason was, is they had first fully given themselves to Jesus. Man, Jesus had all of their lives. Giving was a demonstration of where their heart truly was. Jesus mentions that. He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, right? The Philippians were worshipful, God-honoring, Jesus-loving people, and giving was simply an overflow of where their heart was. So Paul uses these Philippians as an example to challenge the church at Corinth, and he gives them as an example to us to challenge us in our attitude of giving and our practice of giving this morning. So then you go back to Philippians chapter 4, and it's Paul writing to the church at Philippi about their giving, and he's saying thanks to them. Much of Paul's ministry was made possible through the generosity and the faithful giving of the people of Philippi. So he writes back basically to say thanks, and he commends them in their giving. Verse 15 of chapter 4, he says this, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia... And again, just a geographical statement, Macedonia is the region where Philippi was. So it would be like saying Tennessee, it's kind of the state, if you will. When I left that region, when I left you, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. So as Philippians, you guys have stood out among all these churches that I was a part of because you shared, you partnered with my ministry through this ministry of giving. He says, for even in Thessalonica, when I was there planning the church in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. In other words, it appears a regular pattern of the church at Philippi was regular, consistent giving in the advancement of the gospel. Verse 17. This is a great statement. He says, Paul says, not that I seek the gift itself. And that's a little bit strange to me because Paul Paul was dependent upon their money in many ways to carry out his ministry, but Paul understands his ultimate source is God himself. So he says, listen, it's not that I was concerned about the gift itself, Philippians. He says, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. In other words, Paul says, I'm much more concerned, yes, about about the gift that comes to me, but I'm much more concerned of what God does in your life as you learn to trust Him and faithfully and consistently give. It's like Paul is saying, I'm thankful for what I've received from you, but I'm much more excited about what giving does in you and for you in your growth in likeness and your learning to trust God. And I'll just say, I want you to know that that really is the heart of your elders and your pastors here, that I know when somebody stands up and they begin to talk about giving, some of us kind of get this little catch in our stomach, and you know, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable area for some reason, but the reality is, if... If as your pastors and leaders, we don't teach and instruct what God says about giving and generosity, we're not helping you at all. Paul says, I'm not really concerned about the gift itself. I'm concerned about what happens in your life as you learn the practice of faithful, consistent, generous giving through your local church to advance the gospel. That's what we desire for all of us. What is we desire for us as families and as individuals to learn this. So Paul continues on, verse 18, he says, But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. They took care of Paul. He says, I'm amply supplied. I've received from Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus was a fellow out of Philippi that took the gift, kind of like the first short-term mission team. He, he took the gift from Philippi to where Paul was, And then Paul wrote the letter Philippi, gives it to Epaphroditus, and he brings the letter back. So he says, I I received from Epaphroditus what you sent. And listen to this. This is beautiful. He says, it was a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. God was honored by their giving. Not the amount, but their heart in trusting God in their giving. And then Paul makes an incredible statement. All of us have this memorized. You, you've heard this verse before, but it's important to know the context. Verse 19, he says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, i have giving you one big idea this morning. I going to give you a couple more before our elders come up. And big idea number two is this. It's the idea of, okay, so what happens when we faithfully give? As we consistently, faithfully give through our local church, what happens? You see a couple things here. Big idea number two is this. When we give, we together participate in gospel advancement. We all participate in it. In other words, for us as a church to advance the gospel locally... For us to advance the church through families that are going to be sent out from here. For us to advance the gospel through the training of leaders and the serving of the vulnerable. And all these things that God has put on our heart from scripture that we desire to do. When we collectively give faithfully and generously, we all participate in the advancement of the gospel. This is a beautiful picture. Paul uses a word here. He says, no, back in verse 15, I'm looking back, he says, no church partnered or shared with me in the matter of giving. That word shared is that really important word koinonia. It means a partnership together, a fellowship around something that's bigger than we are. Or it's a partnership around a common purpose There was a a koinonia there. There was a joining together. And that's true of a local church like ours. As we join, as we give, as we pray, as we go, as we serve, as we do all those things, we're partnering together in the advancement of the gospel. And that's a pretty awesome thing that we get to be a part of. Paul says back to the Philippians, he says, Basically, listen, I want you guys to know that every church I was a part of planning every time I shared the gospel, every place I went, everything God used me to do, you were a direct part of that through the ministry of faithful giving. That's pretty awesome. So even for us as a church family this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about our 2019 operating budget, which is effectively what we hope to accomplish in 2019. And As we talk about planting churches and we talk about ministry, I I want to remind you of a reality. And it's this. Every ministry, every outreach, every ministry partner, every every church plant that we support, every preschooler that hears about Jesus, every student that is discipled, every partner that is partnered, every unreached people group that is reached is made possible through the generosity of God's people here at Tri-Cities. That's the way it happens. And not only are you a distant part of it in giving, you are an intimate part of it. You are sharing in the advancement of the gospel. We want to continue to grow in that. Paul says, you have shared with me in this ministry of making Jesus known. Then he goes on, verse 18, he says, but I've received everything in full. I read this earlier, but he says, I'm amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you've sent. Listen, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Pastor Mike, is giving pleasing to God? Maybe. (laughs) If our giving is out of guilt or if our giving is some way to pay God off, or if our giving is somehow a debtor ethic, and you think, well, I owe God so much that I'm somehow paying a debt, or if our giving is to impress, or if our giving is the thought, well, the more I give, the more God is impressed, then I don't think God's honored with that giving. But if there is a giving, like remember the story Jesus told of the little widow? All these guys had come in and dumped, they had dumped, dumped, Buckets full of money and Jesus just kind of stood there. But this little widow comes into the treasure and she drops two little coins in. Which was all she had given from a heart of trust and worship and faith. And Jesus said to his disciples, come here guys, you guys got to see this. It's giving from a heart of trust and worship and honoring and obedience and love. As a faith family that God seems to be honored when we trust him. Giving is a demonstration of that trust. And Paul, in effect, says that, and that's big idea number three, and this is going to be the final one we're going to look at. But big idea number three in the area of giving is this, is when we give, we tangibly demonstrate trust, trust in God as our ultimate provider. And Paul says that here. He says in verse 19, he says, Listen, Philippians, as you... Continue to faithfully trust God and you continue to generously give and, and you do this out of a heart of joy. He says, Paul says, You you can count on this. God will supply all your needs according to his riches. See, when we give of a heart of faith, we forget. Our capacity, our, our eye of faith shifts to his infinite capacity to give back to us as we continue to give. And Paul says, listen, my God is going to take care of all your needs according to his abundance, his riches in Christ Jesus. So as we as individuals and as we as families learn to consistently, faithfully, regularly give through our local church, and through opportunities God gives us, what we are saying is, I'm trusting God to be my ultimate source and my ultimate provider. We see this pattern throughout Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, we all know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Three verses later says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. In other words, there's a pattern in Scripture. We honor God first pattern we always try to teach our kids my kids probably get sick of hearing this but listen i think there's a great pattern in life honor god first with whatever he entrusts with you in his resources say okay god you've given me this i think there's a pattern in scripture of at least a 10 percent to say okay you've given me i'm going to the first 10 percent and hopefully more but goes to you there's a pattern to say i'm going to honor god first in the area of finances and resources And I think there's another important pattern that if you follow this by the grace of God in your life, I think in the same way, if you'll honor God first with the day that he's given you, say, God, the beginning of my day is yours. I'm going to be on my face before you in Scripture. God, the first of everything you give me and resource is yours. Man, you'll continue to walk as a follower of Christ. Just great patterns by the grace of God that he gives us to do these. So, Pastor Mike, just real practically then, what does that look like Here? This faith family called Tri-Cities. If you're a member of our church over the past few years, we have something called our membership promises. And one of the promises that we make to one another of what it really looks like to be a part of this faith family, one of those promises simply says this, that we promise by God's grace, by his strength, but we promise to sacrificially and cheerfully steward the resources God has given me through regular financial giving. It's a promise we make to one another. That's one of the things it means to be part of this local faith family. So what does that tangibly look like? Well, a couple things. One, it is regular, consistent, general fund giving. (laughs) In other words, our general fund is just the operational fund. You're going to see the budget for that going into 2019 in just a few minutes. All of that's made possible as all of us regularly and consistently give that goes into what we call our general fund to make the ministry of this church possible. That's for all of us to be a part of that. Bible seems to give us a pattern that a 10% is a good place to start. Is that a rule of thumb? Is that a yoke? Are you talking about the tithe? I'm talking about... From the beginning to the end, it seems to be a pattern of a good place to start. God, that first is yours, and I give it immediately back to you. So we regularly and consistently give, and just consistent general fund giving. But secondly, as a church, and you hear more about this, you continue to hear about it, but you hear more about it going into December, is what we call our Give to Go Fund. Give to Go is an over and above regular tithes and offerings, and Give to Go exists as a... I just, it's a beautiful picture of what we can do together. In other words, give to go is a mission fund that every dime leaves our church. Again, it's an over and above gift that we, we believe by 2021 that a million dollars can come in through us and go out to advance the gospel around the world. It's an over and above offering. Everything that we give through Christmas give this year will go directly to give to go And that's an opportunity that we have together to plant churches around the world. It's an opportunity that we have together to reach the unreached. It's an opportunity we have to train leaders around the world for gospel impact. To send disciples, many of you will be sent through the Give to Go Fund and serve the vulnerable, those who are in need around the world. Those five things, those are kind of our aims, we call them. And our capacity to do those things. Let's just talk as a family here. Our capacity to do those things that flow right out of Scripture are directly tied to all of us giving sacrificially and generously to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in many ways, we are that. But as Paul said to the church at at Thessalonica, let's excel still more. Because the capacity and the opportunities we have to be an impact around the world in these five things is massive as a church. And I want to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of that. And it comes as we worship and abide in him. And the overflow of that is generous, sacrificial giving. man, so that Jesus is made known to the ends of the earth. And who knows, maybe 10, 20 years from now, there's somebody writing a letter back to this church like the Apostle Paul and says, Thank you for your generosity. The gospel advanced because of your faithful giving. Thank you. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk a little bit in just a moment. You're going to watch a short video that's going to set up the budget discussion. The elders are going to come up on stage in just a minute, but we're going to talk through specifically... uh, our budget going into 2019 it's something that we walk through as a church that we affirm as a church together and then we participate in as a church together so I want you to turn your attention to the screens can be a little in- information for you about our budget and while that's happening our elders are come up and get set up on stage for an elder conversation so go ahead and roll the video
1: good morning church my name is Gene mermaid My wife Gail and I have had the joy of being members of this faith family which we call Tri-Cities Baptist Church for almost 29 years now. For months, your church leaders have been prayerfully engaged in the process of this budget proposal for 2019, which by the way, we believe wisely pursues the principles and practices set before our church by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ now we are coming to you to seek your engagement in this process, and ultimately your affirmation of this proposed budget. As we come to the end of 2018, we have been greatly encouraged to see the gracious favor of our God through your generosity. We are indeed grateful for what we have been able to accomplish together this year, both locally and globally. As we consider this proposed budget. Remember that a budget is simply a tool, a guide, intended to help us pursue faithfulness as a church family.
2: Our church budget is more than just numbers. We believe these numbers are the wise pursuit of the practices and principles set before us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Together, we desire to faithfully pursue an abiding, loving relationship with Jesus and every member growing in Christlikeness. Together, we prioritize connecting in Christ-centered community and gathering with one another for God-exalting worship. Together, we equip families to pursue discipleship beginning in the home. Together, we are ambassadors. This budget reflects the priority of making Jesus known both to our neighbors and to the nations.
0: On behalf of our elder team, we want to encourage you to make this budget proposal both meaningful and personal. Take some time to familiarize yourself with this budget proposal and prayerfully consider your support of it. Overviews are available at the entrance doors to the worship center. A more descriptive budget presentation can be found online at tcbchurch.org budget. Should you have specific questions about the budget, we want to encourage you to submit them to our elders at elders at tcbchurch.org for further clarification. Any member who wishes to view a line item presentation of the budget can also request an electronic copy at this same address. Finally, come prepared to
1: wholeheartedly and joyfully affirm the budget with us on Sunday, December 9th. Thanks, church family. It is my joy to serve as one of your elders and to be part of something greater as we all move forward into the future together to make Jesus known here and around the world.
3: Gene, you look good on the screen, man. Just saying, looking good.
1: (laughs) I've been told I have a face made for radio.
3: Yeah. Well, Um, so I just want to point something out. If you have questions, as you look over the 2019 budget, again, there's an email there email us, talk through some of those specifics. Now, here's the thing. With a thousand people, everybody's specific question is going to be different. So uh, there's no way we could go through all those specifics in a forum like this, but we want to touch on the most important thing. And we want to try to get the whys behind some of our budget. And one of the things you're going to notice is our budget is organized by our, what we call our practices. They flow directly out of our principles, directly out of biblical mandates, and they're organized all flowing out of an abiding relationship with Jesus we gather to worship we connect in community we equip families and we go make disciples this is what we do as a church it's what we prioritize and so you're gonna see that prioritization in our budget and how those things work out but as Mike mentioned and as I just said all that flows out of an abiding relationship so Paul I'm gonna let you start I'm gonna go down there on the end and here's the question we say that sacrificial giving is an act of worship. When, why do we say that? Why do we believe that? And what's the connection then between worship and sacrificial giving? Just break it down for us a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, we really do believe that, that sacrificial giving is an act of worship. And it's not just something that we do because the Bible tells us to do it. And we should do things the Bible calls us to and out of obedience but it's, it's rooted even deeper than that. And we've talked a little bit about that even this morning. And so I think there's, there's really two ways that gets fleshed out. One, it's, it's worship in the sense that it's a response to the gospel. Uh, and then second, it's, it's worship in the sense that it's a discipline of becoming more uh, like Jesus Christ. Because that's what we want to do. We're a redeemed community of Jesus followers on, on mission together. And so when we begin to understand the gospel, uh, the The response that we have to what Jesus has done is to be generous with our lives, um, and I just that comes directly from a lot of places in Scripture. But I want to read from 2nd Corinthians 8 verses 9. I love this verse, and this is one that, that I think about a lot when we think about just personally my my own finances, my family, and everything like that. Um, In chapter 8, you know, Paul talks about the church in Macedonia and their giving, but then he says, the root reason is this, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich so the reason why we give is because we respond to the generosity of christ for us who gave everything he became poor so that we might become rich and so we give of our time we give of our emotion we give of our abilities and we give of our money uh, for the sake of a different kingdom for god in response to what jesus has done and so i think one of the ways that we grow in generosity just really practically is we grow in generosity when we become centered around the gospel more and more. So the more we preach the gospel to ourselves, the more we read scripture, the more we understand Jesus' sacrifice for us, the more we want to be sacrificial people because we care more about God's kingdom than our kingdom. Um, And we want to see God's kingdom expand more than our kingdom. So it's not just about how much I give today versus how much I gave last year, or what is the right amount to give, or even what is the right percentage to give. It's, I want to give because God first gave. Uh, I, I want to be rich in the kingdom and for the kingdom and God's glory. And so it's, it's a response of worship. And it's sacrificial because Jesus was sacrificial in his response for us. But it's also a discipline. It's something that we grow in. In uh, First Timothy 6 is where we have that verse that talks about the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Um, and we know that passage well because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, right? And, and Paul and Jesus both address that. But the very next word, verse there, uh, Paul challenges Timothy, so then pursue righteousness. Pursue what is good. Pursue what is gentle. And, and so it's a discipline. The, the way we know that money and finances, possessions, it has a hold on our hearts. And so the way that we uh, respond to that is through intentional discipline, living of I want to bring all of my life and all of my desires into subjection to Jesus Christ, including finances. So just to be really practical, if you're here and like, I I want to be generous, I want to respond, but I just don't know how much to give or I don't have much to give, you start with what you have. Uh, And the goal is that slowly and surely that more and more of what you have, you would give away to the kingdom of God because that's the kingdom that we live for, right? And so that might be 10% this year, that might be 5%, and it's 6% next year, it's 15%. But the goal is that we are constantly giving more of what we have back to the kingdom that we live for. And so it's every day a sacrificial response because of Christ's sacrifice for us, but then also it's an intentional discipline pursuit of, okay, how do I live uh, more within my means and less so that I can advance the kingdom of God more? So I, I hope that's, that's helpful.
3: Yeah, you said something I want to make sure we don't miss. When, when you talk about giving
2: as a, as a
3: discipline, a spiritual discipline, uh, Jesus does that in the Sermon on the Mount. When he breaks down, he's talking about these, these uh, really worship disciplines. He goes through giving, he goes through fasting, and he goes through prayer. That means we grow in them. We grow in them. We pursue them. And it's not so much about the money. That's not our focus. It's really about the worship and recognition of who God is. He is the giver of every good gift. He is the one who sustains us. He is our provider. And so we're constantly growing in that discipline. And All right, Gene, so I'm going to let you kind of break that down. Give us a little bit of testimony from your end, year over year, how you've grown in this discipline of giving and how uh, giving generously has become part of who you are, and even today, how you're still growing in it.
1: Well, I have to admit that uh, generosity or the discipline of giving is something that really has been a journey for me um, early on in my adult life, to be quite honest with you, uh, my faith in God as my provider was very weak and very unprofitable <clears throat> and it wasn't until I really began to understand that uh, that I was Uh, a steward, came under the conviction that I was a steward of all that God had given me, that really my perspective really began to change in terms of uh, finances. And uh, as I began to trust God really with uh, finances and beginning to step out and and by faith uh, tithe and and so forth, then I really began to experience the joy of walking with God uh, by faith. Uh, I, I guess you could say a, a huge growth spurt for me and for my family uh, was when we planted Tri-Cities Baptist Church 29 years ago. I mean, back in those days, we had nothing. We didn't even have a single paperclip to our name. And, uh, you know, it was, we had to start renting facilities. We had to rent and furnish an office. We had to purchase land. We had to build ministry facilities. All those things came at a cost to the church family here at Tri-Cities Baptist Church. Uh, Gail and I over the years have actually been through three giving, uh, capital-giving campaigns, and uh, which really stretched our faith. In fact, there was a period of three years at one point in our life where the Lord, and this is incredible, the Lord enabled us to give back 30% of our income mm-hmm. to the church for each of three years. And that's when we had a bunch of kids living in our house, by the way. And so it's really incredible to see how how God has has built up uh, our faith. And uh, presently, uh, we consistently uh, tithe. We um, also give to special events like Christmas Give or Summer Missions. Um, And on top of that, the Lord has uh, just convicted us to uh, support some children uh, through international organizations and also we get, provide monthly support to six of our missionary families that we have sent out from Tri-Cities Baptist Church and we will continue to seek the Lord as far as how he wants us to express our uh, generosity and faith in him. Now as far as you know, discipline goes, I, I think of discipline, you know we know that we have to, we must grow in our disciplines and Reading and applying scriptures to our life, to uh, seeking God earnestly in prayer, to um, uh, you know pursuing gospel conversations with unbelievers. But we also need to grow in our discipline, in uh, generosity, and and none of these things come naturally or without a cost. You know they are spiritually motivated, and and they really are supernatural in that sense, and and we have to be really intentional uh, about, our, uh, about these disciplines if they're to become the, the natural rhythms of our life, right? And so, uh, therefore, our giving should be intentional. Our giving should be regular. Our, our giving should be consistent. And, and for example, uh, Gail and I operate on a budget. I don't know if you do, but Gail and I do. And uh, a part of our budget is set aside for... Uh, generosity and giving, and, and the things that God has put on our hearts. And, and by the way, I, I would heartily, wholeheartedly encourage you to get on a budget. It'll help you discern really where uh, your resources are going. And, and by the way, we're going to have a class that we're going to uh, offer this next semester on Financial Peace University, and it'll do three things for you: one, it'll help you develop a budget; two, it'll help you get out of debt. And three, it will create some margin in your life so that you can give more generously. Yeah.
3: Well, one of the things that um, you're talking about as, as a discipline, and you you um, will just open up and, and talk about uh, your growth and giving. And by the way, thank you for that. Just thank you for being exemplary. And Gene has oversaw our finances at our church for years. And I can just tell you, him and Lisa do an extraordinary job, and I'm so thankful for them. And you're a blessing. Um, it's awkward to talk about giving. I, I don't care if we if we talk about it in the context of worship. It's just awkward. It it, it always feels uh, like you're 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 trying your best to guard against any illusion of um, self interest. Uh, it 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 feels you you're aware of the abuse and the temptation that happens around money, and so it's, it's, it's hard. But if giving's a part of worship and it's something that we're called to, then that means it's part of our daily lives. That means it finds its way into life group conversations, brother and sister conversations within the body. So, Larry, I'm gonna go to you, and this one's a hard one, all right? How do we practically help one another? Like, bring it up, talk through it, engage one another in helping one another grow in this spiritual discipline of giving what's that look like
4: all right i appreciate that so i'm going to go back 18 years but it's going to be like 18 years in a minute and a half so just bear with me (laughs) so um so rewind 18 years ago uh, my wife and i were engaged Um, one of the key blessings in our soon-to-be marriage um, was the aspect that we were aligned around finances Um, so that's both a gift and a blessing from my vantage point which means that we can also very quickly take it for granted. So there'll be more conversation there maybe, but um, one of the aspects of the discipleship, practical uh, community interactions that we were involved with as the only unmarried couple in a group of individuals that we would call it a life group, I don't know what our church at the time called it, um, was being in a group of weekly uh, believers in Christ, working through the trials and tribulations of uh, the spiritual pursuit of Christlikeness, of, Um, raising children, you know, and so the dynamic that was really beneficial for us is that uh, we were the only unmarried couple, then fast forward, I guess, 15 years was the next more uh, senior couple and then go much further beyond that. And ironically enough, 18 years, we're back in present time, that's our life group today. Our life group is exemplified by a diverse population of individuals, different states of life, different walks of life that are helping one another. So what I have learned from that is not just because we're elders or leaders or have titles, we, as fellow believers of Christ, need people around us. And so what I'm learning and have had the benefit of is opening up my life to individuals to be able to speak into both my walk and my talk. So I may talk a big game about, you know, how I'm a leader at work and a spiritual this and how I love my wife and, my, and disciple my kids, but unless I have people around me and primarily that has been a life group for me, there are also very individuals, some of these guys on the stage and others that I have the benefit and privilege of allowing Access to and my having access to their lives to be able to speak into my life And so when it comes to the aspect of talking about generosity talking about our tithing teaching our kids about that For people to be able to say well Larry in a loving kind non you know condemning way uh, Speaking the truth with love pull aside and say yeah this week You're loving your wife not so much What's going on? Um, it is taking so don't hear me say past tense. It is taking presence tense some growth, some maturity, um, sanctification, all the above for me to be able to position myself, position my family to be open and willing to share. But I've got to take that first step and give access to individuals to be able to speak into my life, um, to coach, correct, counsel in a loving way. And that has been really tremendous in talking through both the highs and lows and challenges of day-to-day pursuit of giving. What does that mean? Both sacrificially from a tithe perspective and also giving first within the church, but also outside of the church.
3: You mentioned a word, and I'm going to add one, too. You mentioned access. So one of the important things, I think, for us, and just the accountability and fellowship within our giving and how we're doing that, just like anything else in our spiritual walk, is giving access to the body. If you're not plugged in to a group of people who see you and have access to you, you choose vulnerability with them, then you're going to lose out on the gifts of the body. You're going to lose out on their real, sincere encouragement, and you're also going to lose out on their admonishment that shapes you. So one, we got to give access. That, that's something you said. I think really important, and that has immediate impact into things like disciplines, like our giving. The other one is we have to be willing to ask. So if Larry's in my group and he's giving access, and you know he's talking about me, and I'm I'm you know another five thousand dollars in debt after Good Friday because I've but I've got my new iPhone and I got all this stuff, and I and I don't ever go, you know. I know that's your money, but you think that's wise? If I'm not willing to ask, then I'm not willing to help. And so if we don't put ourselves in those types of relationships within the body, we limit one another, we just do. And so a big part of this is have Christian fellowship where there's real accountability and real encouragement. And one of those things that we're gonna do is remind one another of what's important. And Mike mentioned give the go, and I, I want to kind of just shape a different question. I'll give it to any of you, and uh, you guys can jump in. How practically do we experience gospel advancement beyond ourselves when we give generously? And you guys want to jump in on that?
2: Yeah, I will. I- I think uh, the more, you know, one of the things that you see when you look at our budget and you look at the gift to goes, we really believe that the gospel is for people and it goes out through people. Um, and that as we invest in individuals who can invest in individuals and be sent out and be equipped and all those kind of things, that that's how the gospel goes and grows. And so we want to be a church that sees that happen again and again and again and again. And uh, I would encourage you, if you've not had the time or taken the time to look at how gift to go structured in those five pursuits that are there we you know one of the things I think is kinda cool is when you look at our our budget over the last you know five seven years like there isn't a whole lot of massive change overall and kind of how that fluctuates but we want to see gift to go continue to expand that more and more comes through our church and out to do gospel ministry to serve the vulnerable to reach the unreached to plant churches all of those different things and we get to do that together but only happens as we do what you're talking about living sacrificially for a different kingdom for the kingdom of God uh, but also spurring one another on in that and and I need brothers and sisters to push me in that and and hold me accountable and, and we all need that as well Um, And when we do that, we we can see a massive difference for the kingdom of God. And even what we saw last week and what God's doing through the Oaks Church and raising up a leader here and being sent out, all those things uh, happen through our faithful sacrificial giving, which is really cool to think that we can each play a role in being a part of the gospel going out across the country and around the world through our giving
1: one minute. I was just going to say that I've had the privilege of being a part of some great churches in the past, but I've never been a part of a church that has been more involved in sending families out on the mission field than Tri-Cities Baptist Church, and it's really been an incredible encouragement to me personally and blessing to be a part of that. Um, We have right now 15 families that literally are serving out uh, on uh, the mission field. And we're getting ready to send two more out uh, in 2019. You know, so that, that is really an uh, uh, incredible blessing of the Lord.
3: Okay. If you look in our, our budget, you'll see there's $350,000 in the budget-ish. Uh, 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 it, it's right around there. That's designated to go. On top of that, give the go, we aim for another 200,000. That'll put us over half a million that's mission-minded and goes out. What you also won't see in that is the the little connections that happen. Paul mentioned people. As a church, you're incredibly gracious to me. I I don't know if you realize this, but just in my own life, in the last 15 years, I've spent about one year overseas. I work with a mission organization. I couldn't do that if I worked at Eastman. They would fire me. Um, You help provide an opportunity for that, for me and for so many others. And the multiplication effect of that, I pray, is great and i and i share that with you and i thank you for being a part of a church that does those kinds of things i want you to think about something uh, we're, we're going to take our regular offering in just a moment but i want to let you know two things that are coming up related to give the go first is called christmas give this year every dollar that comes into christmas give we're going to designate toward give the go Now, that funnels through different partners, like everything like the Lottie Lottie Moon. It goes to uh, IMB, NAM, and then to specific people that we know and connects for those mission efforts around the world. Begin praying as a family in 2018. Uh, A Christmas gift, if you will, that is kingdom first. I mentioned those uh, worship uh, or those acts of discipline and How giving is listed with that in the Sermon on the Mount. If you remember, Jesus follows that up with the Seek ye first the kingdom. Pray as a family, make it a family thing. Connect with your spouse, your kids, and think this year how will we close out the year with a gift that advances the gospel? And then another resource that you're going to see that's going to be made available as we come to the end of the year and into next year is a 2019 pledge card. Now listen, nobody's going to track you down, right? Nobody's calling you to make sure it happens. It's nothing like that. It's a tool for you and your family to hold out what's important. And it's a give-the-go pledge card that you get to pray over as a family and pursue You know Christmas Give will do the same thing in 2019. It'll come, and you'll have opportunities throughout the year to sit down with that, set a goal as a family, pray over that, and as Mike shared, have your own story of sacrificial giving as we go through 2019. So those are two resources that we're going to have into the end of 2018 with this Christmas Give and a pledge card for 2019 as a tool for you and your family. to just help prioritize the gospel? Because if you're like me, and some of you are, you were brought up like in Mike's house, where you just did it from the time you were two. And giving has become routine, and not the act of worship Paul was talking about. Help bridge these things together in your home, and I hope these resources can help you. So I'm going to let our elders uh, go ahead and go back to their seats, and we're going to pray and collect our offering and worship as I pray if the ushers will take their place. Heavenly Father, you You are good. You are the giver of every good gift. You sustain us. Lord, give us the wisdom to see past our self-sufficiency, to see it as an illusion, and to worship you as our sustainer. Father, I pray that you would use our gifts and you would multiply them to have effect within the church Within our community and around the world. And I pray all this in the name of your Son, in the name of Jesus.